Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 43 Four Reasons You Need a Workplace Safety Program. My name is Thomas Rock Lindsay, and I'm your small business buddy, instructor, and servant. And I'm here to help you thrive in your role as an employer. This is where small business owners gain employer intelligence in around seven minutes every Tuesday and Thursday. What kind of workplace safety program do you have? Do you fly by the seat of your pants and leave safety to lady luck? Do you sort of have a safety program that you dust off once in a while, maybe in reaction to a claim or your newly published experience modifier? Or at your policy renewal when the premium goes up? Or is it part of your culture? something you're dedicated to, a way of doing business that includes employee communication, involvement, and accountability. We'll learn why having an effective workplace safety program is so important on today's episode of Small Biz Brainiac. Let's rock this. If it isn't already obvious to you why you need an effective workplace safety program, then let me tell you four reasons why it's critical that you have one. And the key word here is effective, which means an active working program that all your employees know about and follow. Number one, on-the-job injuries and illnesses reduce productivity and lower morale. Now, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. According to the Department of Labor, numerous studies have examined the effectiveness of workplace safety programs. This research demonstrates that they are effective in transforming workplace culture, which leads to a reduction in injuries, illnesses, and fatalities, lowers your work comp and other costs, improves morale and communication, enhances image and reputation, and improves processes, products, and services. Now, these studies also highlight important characteristics of effective programs, which are management commitment and leadership, effective employee participation, integration of health and safety with business planning, and continuous program evaluation. Number two, you have a duty as an employer to provide a safe workplace free from unnecessary hazards. Now, it's not possible to eliminate all hazards, but the ones that you can't eliminate need to be mitigated. It's your business, you're the expert, and you're morally obligated to make sure your employees aren't exposed to unnecessary hazards. Number three, your premium is based on your past claims. So when an insurance company quotes you a premium for your workers' compensation insurance policy, they're required to apply your experience modification rate, which will either increase or decrease your cost. Now, this is also referred to as an X-mod or just a mod. Now, if you've had good experience, you'll have a credit mod. If you've had poor experience, you'll have a debit mod. Each state has a rating bureau that calculates the mod for every business. Now, if you're a new business or one with less than three years of policy history, then your mod is 1.0 or par, and your premium neither goes up or down as a result. But once you've had three years of history and your premium is over a certain threshold, the state's rating bureau will publish your mod and every insurance company will use that to calculate your premium. So controlling this mod will control your costs. You control the mod by controlling your losses. You control your losses 
by mitigating the hazards that cause them. Number four, failure to comply with the Occupational Health and Safety Act and the standards adopted by the Occupational Health and Safety Administration can cost you a lot of money in fines and even result in criminal prosecution. Don't believe me? Well, on December 17, 2015, the Departments of Justice and Labor announced a plan to more effectively investigate and prosecute worker endangerment violations. In a memo sent that same day to all 93 U.S. attorneys across the country, Deputy Attorney General Yates urged federal prosecutors to pursue worker endangerment violations. The announcement says in part, The worker safety statutes generally provide for only misdemeanor penalties. However, prosecutors have now been encouraged to consider utilizing Title 18 and environmental offenses, which often occur in conjunction with worker safety crimes, to enhance penalties and increase deterrence. Statutes included in this plan are the Occupational Safety and Health Act, the Migrant and Seasonal Agricultural Worker Protection Act, and the Mine Safety and Health Act. Furthermore, Assistant Secretary for Occupational Safety and Health, Dr. David Michaels, said that more frequent and effective prosecution of these crimes will send a stronger message to those employers who fail to provide a safe workplace for their employees. And here's an example of the type of cases they're talking about. In December of 2015, a 60-year-old roofing company owner pled guilty to four counts of making false statements, one count of obstruction of justice, and one count of willfully violating an OSHA regulation causing death to an employee. Now, these charges were filed against him by the Department of Justice involving the death of one of his employees. The individual died after falling 45 feet from scaffold while performing work on a roof. The owner failed to provide fall protection equipment, and then he lied about it. Now, he was sentenced in March of this year, 2016, to 10 months in prison and charged $71,600 in penalties. So, it's clear that you need a workplace safety program now, right? No? Well, you're not a roofing company or in the construction industry, you say? Well, do you have employees in California? Employers in California and 14 other states are required to have an effective written injury and illness prevention program. Do you use temporary employees? Or are you a temp staffing company? Well, then on April 29, 2013, OSHA sent a memorandum to the agency's regional administrators telling field inspectors to assess whether employers who use temporary workers are complying with their responsibilities under OSHA. A newly created code was implemented requiring investigators to identify when temporary workers are exposed to safety and health violations and assess whether temporary workers received the required training in a language and vocabulary they could understand. A memo titled Protecting the Safety and Health of Temporary Workers dated April 29, 2014 from the OSHA Director of Enforcement Program says that in recent months, we have received a series of reports of temporary workers suffering fatal injuries in the first days on the job. In some cases, the employer failed to provide safety training or if some instruction was given, it inadequately addressed the hazard and this failure contributed to their death. OSHA published a series of guidance documents developed under the Temporary Worker Initiative. Now, this initiative focuses on compliance with safety and health requirements 
when temporary workers are employed under the joint employment of a staffing agency and a host employer. Now, both employers are responsible for determining the conditions of the employment and for complying with safety laws, rules, and regulations. So, are you convinced now? Well, on the last episode, I said that we'd dive into how to create and implement a workplace safety program in this episode, but I wanted to lay some additional groundwork first. Now, that said, the next episode will be about creating one, Scout's Honor. Well, there you have it. Let's recap. Now, the four reasons why it's critical that you have a workplace safety program are on-the-job injuries and illnesses reduce productivity and lower morale. You have a duty as an employer to provide a safe workplace free from unnecessary hazards. Your premium is based on your past claims history. And finally, failure to comply with the Occupational Health and Safety Act and the standards adopted by the Occupational Health and Safety Administration can cost you a lot of money in fines and even result in criminal prosecution. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.